The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he bent me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name, that happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP Ajampaz. With me today, a very special guest. He is the author of How to Be a Mark Without Leaving a Mark, One Fan's Journey Through the World of Professional Wrestling. He is author Stephen Faruga. Stephen, welcome to the two-man power trip. How are you doing? Hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Faruga, but it's fine. No oh, Faruga. There you go. Almost. Faruga. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to it. <laughs> so what is going on in your world? What's What's been up uh, before we get into the book? Well, just uh, getting back into going to live wrestling, really. Um, first show back was August, so gradually. Where do you live? London. Oh, okay. So, what uh, what promotion is like your home base? Uh, Progress, Rev Pro, Pro Wrestling Eve, and the main three that I go to. So you got some good ones. Go to show or went to you went to the show recently. Like, who was it? Progress or what show did you recently go to? My most recent show was WWE. Oh, uh, okay. What was the main, main event? Main event was Drew and Roman. Oh, nice. Did uh, Roman get the win? Or was it some sort of schmaz finish? No, Roman got the win. And he was the crowd favorite, believe it or not. Wow. Why yeah. is that? We just love them when they're good. <laughs> love them <laughs> when they're bad. <laughs> he is great. Um, yeah, I, mean, so I, great. I can see that. But over there across the pond, I can see you guys liking Drew more. That's weird. Oh. I was surprised. I I kind of thought it was a, maybe a, a test run. To see if Drew might be the one worthy of ending Roman in Wales, but I look like the crowd was more on Roman's side, so I don't know if that's going to happen now. Well, and it seems like they're building up maybe the I keep forgetting the name of the show, but it's like Chaos at the Castle or Clash uh, at the Castle. Clash at the Castle. I don't know why I yeah. can't get that straight. Clash at the Castle. Clash of Champions with Castle. Yeah, there you go. 
you would figure it's going to be Drew versus Roman there. That that's what yeah. I, I would figure. I think this was a test run to see how we react to it. Uh, but yeah, we were cheering Roman, so I don't know if they're going to go in that direction now. If it, Robert, Drew wins in Wales and gets booed, that's not the direction they're going to want. So I don't know. So before we get back into fandom and, and WWE and everything that's going on today, and maybe even Roman Reigns, just tell us about the book. Um, kind of just introduce us to it. So, uh, yep, it's uh, How to Be a Mark Without Leaving a Mark, uh, one fan's journey through the world of professional wrestling. Uh, so it tells my 30-year journey as a wrestling fan, uh, starting in October 1991. when, Well, actually, it starts just before October 1991 when, the kids at school got me into wrestling without me ever actually watching wrestling. Uh, first show was on TV was October 91 and been a fan ever since. It tells me journey through live shows, uh, four WrestleManias, two SummerSlams, a Wrestle Kingdom, loads of shows in the UK. Yeah, just the journey of meeting wrestlers, going to wrestling shows, watching the TV. You see the evolution of a young fan, open-eyed, eager for everything to a cynical teenager to now an adult who accepts what is is and enjoys it more than i did as a teenager because i'm not as cynical anymore but when you first kind of got into wrestling and and really started loving it did you always think like man i really want to write about it or or you were just kind of going with the flow i always wanted to write a wrestling book i never thought it'd be my story never um i've made attempts to write books before and i ended up not liking the direction it went in uh but then i i've I mean, I read so many wrestling books and they're not always good and as you read them you think, i think i can write better than this and i i think i've got enough interesting stories to write a book and that's what i did i started writing a book and i think oh, there's enough interesting stories to fill a book and it, i don't think it's really ever been done that the fan perspective is given so you read these wrestling books and they all start off as, well, not majority start off as fans. I talk about how they got into wrestling and then their story screws off into training to become a wrestler. And I thought, well, can the story still be told when you stay on that fan path? And that's, that's what I was going for. When you initially started writing the book, did it come easy? Did it come hard? Like, how, how did it, like, uh, flow? It was easy. <laughs> I, I cursed with the memory for everything so i'm just writing as art and as i'm writing more and more things were coming back to me and i mean wrestling is such a colorful uh entertainment business that there's so much to say I'm just meeting the wrestlers in the hotel and every time you every time you go to a show there's something to say it's such a colorful thing and it's always evolving i was evolving alongside with it and that's the kind of story i want to tell and it flowed so easy really so break it down, like um, start like not obviously give us the whole details. People are gonna have to read the book for that, but <laughs> but give us some details about like um, like when you first kind of um, let's just say or maybe as you put it, the first date, like get us into that SummerSlam, I guess, right? SummerSlam was my first live show, SummerSlam '92, uh, almost thirty years ago now. Uh, so my that was my first live show. My first interaction with a wrestler was just before that. I met the, met the British Bulldog in April of 92. Uh, got tickets to live show, SummerSlam, and <laughs> what a first show. Huge. 80,000 fans, everybody in Union Jack. 
majority of people were cheering the Bulldog in the main event. I was secretly cheering Brett. Um, I just thought he was a bit cooler than the Bulldog. Uh, massive show. The names on that show just Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, The Undertaker. Ric Flair was there, didn't wrestle. Bulldog, Brett is one of the most legendary matches ever. It's a massive show. And yeah, I've, I've been four WrestleManias, and they're the only ones really that can equal the, the size of that SummerSlam. But yeah, I went in it. So excited to see everyone. Excited to see Nails. You know, it's just, it was amazing. Pretty awesome that, um, like, that's your first show. I mean, that's amazing. What WrestleManias have you been to? Just curious. Uh, so I did 30, 31, 32, 33. Wow, nice. Very cool. With, like, SummerSlam, though, do you think SummerSlam was better than all those manias? To me, I would say yes, but what do you think? Uh, I probably not show quality, but for memory, maybe, yeah. I mean, that SummerSlam is so memorable and it's lived on more legendary than those manias, really, because we're getting a big UK show back here to celebrate the 30 year of SummerSlam. But none of the WrestleManias will get that. It won't be oh, 30 years since WrestleMania 30. It'll be WrestleMania 1's the one, and they're all added on from there. But SummerSlam 92 stands out from all other SummerSlams. How'd you get tickets? Oh, my dad got tickets. Uh, he surprised me with tickets. I was really excited. Uh, it was just me and him. Uh, my brother wasn't invited, which uh, hurts him to this day that he wasn't there. But yeah, my dad bought me tickets. I was six years old. Um, the cheapest tickets uh, were at the back, but we were back by the entrance, so I could see all the wrestlers come down to the ring so close to me. There's Road Warriors on their motorbikes, Undertaker on the hearse. Some memorable entrances there. Bulldog with Lennox Lewis. Really awesome. I mean, who man, imagine that being your first show. That that's awesome. Yes, too bad you really got screwed though, right? And he got screwed. Yeah, he's not have his first show wasn't too bad. He went to WCW House Show the following March. Uh we saw no he didn't he went to the one in October, sorry. He went October ninety three. Um so you got to see Rick Flair, Rick Rude. He he saw some good names on his first show. It's not bad, but not the same though as SummerSlam. Not the same. No one remembers it like yeah. SummerSlam though. When you initially are there and you go to the show, were you thinking like this is the best thing ever? I mean, like, what's the thought process going on in your mind? Absolutely, the best thing ever. Absolutely, could not wait to see it. All of it. I didn't know how it worked. I was wondering, am I going to hear commentary over the loudspeakers? Is that how it works? How does this work? And it's massive. I, I guess. Start with so such a big one, it's unbelievable, really, because it's so small. After that, following the show I went to after that was WCW House Show in March. That probably had maybe twenty percent of the attendance. So SummerSlam, as every just saw union checks everywhere, everyone was so excited. People blowing horns, it was insane. Cheering Bulldog from the moment we got there. Pretty awesome just to be at that show. Obviously, there's so many memorable matches. Ultimate Warrior versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Perfect. I mean, uh, Mr. Perfect, obviously, was it was kind of about the ringside flares, about ringside. So some controversy surrounding that match. Yeah. But the main event, Bulldog and Brett. I mean, just to me, love that show. Love the LOD match. I mean, so many great things on that show. And the wrestler I came away talking about the most was Tatanka. 
<laughs> wow, why is that? I don't. As a child, I know he did think about him. I he captured my imagination, and he was my favorite wrestler for maybe four years. Wow, that's kind of a surprise. Not Bulldog. Yeah. I would, I would think no. uh, British Bulldog. No, I was Tatanka. I couldn't stop talking about Tatanka. Uh, I tell a story in the book about when I met Tatanka a couple of years after that. Um, I made sure I had the Chicago Bulls hat the second time I met him because that's what he wore the first time I met him. And we now have a picture of us wearing matching Chicago Bull hats because to me that was a Tatanka hat. It had nothing to do with uh, basketball. It was all about Tatanka. Wow, crazy. Very, very crazy. If and you, you don't know. Kids, sometimes you pick, you pick the strangest favorite wrestler. Yeah, really, because you would think like, okay, maybe Warrior, maybe Savage, maybe Bulldog, because obviously you're from the UK, but no, Tatanka, who, by the way, had a dark match at SummerSlam yeah, night, too. So, yeah. so, I mean, but it, it was weird. I think it actually didn't happen later on in the evening, wasn't it? Almost around the same time as the main event? It was, yeah, it was, it was I think it was the match before the main event. And he beat the Berserker. He beat the Berserker, yep. It wasn't a dark match for us because when we got the VHS video release, we had the full show. Wow, so us on pay-per-view and us watching it, it's a dark match to us because they cut it off, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's why I've still got my VHS because it's still got the full show, uh, which you can't get on the network. Uh, but they are releasing the DVD soon with the full show. Really? Yeah, that's wow. coming out, I believe, on the day of the anniversary, August 29th. Wow. Just in the UK, or can it, can it be available in the States as well? It's definitely UK. I'm not sure about the United States. Probably not. Damn. We always get screwed over here <laughs> on, on the good stuff. Yeah, that's great. Because even if our, like, you know, Peacock or our network, whatever, they cut off those matches. We never see them. Like, they don't give you the full, complete show, even though they should. They, well, they should. I mean, it's, it's part of the history, and it's... I mean, it's not hard to find if it's readily available. Just put it on there. That's crazy. I know it's just uh, some of the stuff that isn't on there on the network and stuff just uh, pissed me off. But I would love it if they put like a full, full complete show. If somebody wants to skip a match, they don't want to watch it. It's pretty easy. Just skip it or fast yeah. forward or whatever, right? I mean, just you have the option full show or yeah, pay per view. Come on, they got enough bandwidth or whatever you want to call it, right? To, to, to do it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, there's worse matches on there. So when you were there, obviously, there's 80,000 people, maybe more, in, in Wembley. Crazy. What was just the experience of, like, when it's all said and done? You still gloating to dad about Tatanka or what? Yeah, I'm buzzing. But I've got my program on the train back, and I'm just going through the pages again and again and again, just remembering all the matches I saw, all the wrestlers I saw up close making their entrance. Yeah, I've got the program still still look for it occasionally remembering that show got my photos from the show but yeah it was a buzz major buzz and couldn't wait to get home and tell my brother about it that program is probably worth a pretty good chunk of change yeah it's worth more to me yeah true that is true because <laughs> i have a couple of programs that people wanted to buy them and i'm like yeah it's probably worth it to sell to them but i'd rather keep it for myself it's like yeah, it's worth more to me just it's almost like a priceless thing. It's like, well, yeah. why sell it if, if you want to keep it? Yeah, I mean, you're going to spend the money on probably something not as good. So are you, because you mentioned WCW shows too, like are you a strictly WWF guy? Do you like WCW oh. a little bit? Or like what's the, you know, what's the fandom like? WCW number one. Really? WCW number one. That aired 
weekly. I could watch that weekly terrestrial TV Saturday afternoon. Loved it. Dangerous Alliance time. Feuding with Sting is still my favorite, probably. Favorite stable, maybe. Dangerous Alliance. Two name and NWA. Yeah, that, that's what I grew up on, really. WCW. Pretty awesome, though, those two factions. I love the Dangerous Alliance, and I love that era of uh, WCW, too, because it's kind of, uh, like, unheralded for, for a bit. Like, people don't always talk about that era because Flair wasn't there and he left, but, man, Rude was awesome. Sting was awesome. Vader was awesome. They were loaded. Pillman, Austin, Zabisco, Anderson, Eaton, Sting, Dustin Rhodes, Full, Wyndham, Steamboat. Just unbelievable talent. They were loaded. But I'm surprised, though, your allegiances were WCW because your first show was SummerSlam 92. I yeah. would have thought WWF would have hooked you. My first TV show that I watched was WCW. Tracy Snovers versus Bob Cook was my first match. Wow, it's crazy you can remember that. Mine is so long ago, I can't even remember the first match I saw. Uh, I didn't remember it, but I, I traced back WCW results, and I was like, uh-huh. that's, that's, I remember watching that one. That has to be the first one, because I can't find anything before that that I remember watching. So, yeah, it was Tracy Smothers, Bob Cook. You got to uh, love I Bob did. Cook. Bob Cook's a good hand. Yep, you got to love Tracy Smothers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But Very I feel like, oh, big time, big time. But I feel like Bob Cook doesn't get enough, enough love. That that right hand, you know, the power yeah. of the punch. He had a great, yeah. he had a great hand. Terry Funk style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His his mentor. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, though. You traced it back and you realized, you know, hey, I'm a big WCW guy. This was my first show. It's my first match. Pretty cool. Like, uh, but I'm surprised WWF didn't hook you with SummerSlam 92, but I like the yeah, allegiance to WCW. I could just watch WCW weekly and I just loved that talent. I, oh, so many the talent, like we said, it was amazing. With WCW, too, I feel like. Obviously, people are watching WWF. They were more popular. WCW kind of went under the radar just just a bit during that era, but it was so good. And I feel like when people go back and watch it, there's a lot of stuff that sticks out that holds up really well. That some of the WWF cartoon stuff doesn't hold up as well. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you can go back and watch Sting Vader and be like, "Man, that match would be awesome in 2022." And then you go back and watch, I don't know, like um, Giant Gonzalez and 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 <laughs> like Crush or something. You're like, "Yeah, it doesn't really hold up as well." No, well, Gonzalez was in WCW first when I watched it. I mean, they had some questionable stuff too, but really, during yeah. once Jim Hurd gets out and, and Watts is coming in and. You know, you start getting a little bit more serious. I mean, they did some stuff where you can't come off the top rope that I didn't particularly care for, but still, though. I hate it. I understand it a bit more now why he did it. He wanted it to be special when it happened. But at the time, I was like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Why are you banning top rope? I love top rope. Yeah. What's Brian Pillman and Jushin Liger going to do? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Flying Brian. <laughs> no, can't use the top rope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you get DQ'd if you use the top rope. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I never liked the over the top rope um when you throw the guy over the top it's a DQ either. I never liked that. Yeah, they just use it as a out. Yes. Yeah, we need another out or top rope. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Definitely. Hey. So you're a big WCW guy. What's the Starcade that you're referring to in the book? Is it Starcade '93, Flair and Vader? That big Starcade for me was Starcade '91. 
Really? With uh, yeah. Sting winning Battle Bowl? Man, I used to, uh, we had a video store literally right behind our house. And me and my brother used to, for whatever reason, I don't know why, we used to love that show. We rented it so much that we ended up buying it eventually when, when the store closed down. But the actual, like we, because the tape started getting real thin, it's real choppy. And we looked at it, we're like, oh my God, we must have rented it and played it so much that the actual like film on the inside was getting like worn out. I was like, holy shit, we maybe, maybe we'll just hold on to it and not watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and really, honestly, it's a pretty terrible show, but it's a special place for me. I, I've watched it like you so many times. I could recite pieces of commentary from it. It's, and Liger really captured my imagination. Like nobody, I've never seen anything anything like that. I was a big Sting guy. Loved the Stinger. Something about his charisma, his athleticism. He always just, uh, I know I always loved him over the top. And it was like, he wasn't like Hogan, for instance, like Hogan hardly lost. Sting would lose to Rude or Vader yeah. or Luger. Like he, and he'd have uh, like more vulnerability but he, and, and lose to Flair sometimes. But then he'd come back and win. He'd fight from underneath. I, I really enjoyed the Stinger just because he was a little bit more vulnerable than the Hulkster. Yeah, it was proper wrestling booking. You take wrestling booking, you take WF style booking, they're completely different. Traditionally, you have a heel on the top and the face is trying to get them. WF is always baby face at the top with an army of hills coming in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they did it with uh, Bruno. They did yep. it with Backlund for a bit, even yep. though Backlund's run obviously is not as successful as Bruno's, but they did it with Hogan, obviously. Yeah, that was that, what they liked to do. Yeah, and the NWA was Flair. Hill champion going in, yep. face is chasing them. Yep, and he's at the top of the mountain. Then you got Dusty, Nikita, Magnum, eventually Sting coming after him. Yeah, that, that's true. They yeah, definitely yeah. Op opposite booking. Yeah, and WF's really the only ones who operate that way. But you love Starcade 91. So do I. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like people, oh, that show wasn't that great, but I don't know what it is. I, I, I just have such fun memory. It's, it's a yeah. really fun idea. And they had a lot of fun with it. They had the Abdullah-Sting match, which is a lot of fun and they had uh the free birds going against each other so they played with the idea which is a child you're like, oh my god the tag partners are fighting and oh my god it's sting and pillman have to face each other and abdullah's in there and they hate him and eaton hates him too and, and it's just and they play with combinations the little tip of the hat to the horseman they had anderson and luger teaming up again and it's yeah it's, they had a fun with the concept I liked it. I, I don't think the pay-per-view buy rate was that good. I know the 92 one wasn't that great, but it's still a pretty good show. And 93, I know, kind of bombed as far as pay-per-view buy rates, right? I mean, I don't think the buy rates were great for them. A great main event in 93, though. Oh, for sure. It's just weird. It's like, man, I love the concept, but I guess not every. I mean, obviously you did too, but I guess not everybody did, not the masses. <laughs> well, AEW resurrected it recently, uh, the women. Um, I did pro. I went to Pro and Eve show. They used this gimmick as well, so there are fans of it out there. It's such a wacky idea, but it is kind of cool because you never know who's going to face who. And yeah, I'll happily welcome it back. It probably yeah. just wasn't right for Starcade because Starcade was the WrestleMania, and then you got this gimmick, really gimmick show. Yeah, total gimmick show. Yeah. So you probably, maybe well, I said maybe it was a standalone show, but it was in '93 and it was awful. So where do you go from there? I know, like, fast-forwarding a bit, you love your SummerSlams, right? I mean, what about SummerSlam 96? I know you're fond of that show, even though Shawn Michaels threw a little bit of a hissy fit, but uh, you're a big fan of SummerSlam 96. Yep, that was the first WF pay-per-view I stayed up. 
and watched um, 96 SummerSlam. I was on holiday in Tenerife. Uh, so I never had Sky until much later. Uh, so I had access to Sky and I stayed up and watched SummerSlam 96. Um, yeah, really enjoyed the main event. I thought for sure Vader was going over. Uh, I was quite surprised when he didn't. Yeah, but yeah, Owen Hart on there, Goldust. My, my favorite wrestler of all time is Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I even named my son Rhodes after Dustin. Um, so yeah, wow, big nice. Big fan of Dustin Rhodes. Uh, yeah, so I followed him from, well, you know, he's always been there from 91 when I got into it until now. I watched him a couple of weeks ago against CM Punk on Dynamite. He's always been present. And I think that's one of the reasons he's become my favorite. He's, I've been on that. He's been on that journey with me. What is it about him specifically, though? Like, what do you love about him? That is a loaded, loaded question. I'll go into it in the book. <laughs> uh, it changes the reason. 91, he, I liked him because he's a young, attractive guy. It was cool. Um, and then night he became Goldust, and again, he was my favorite um because just came off my my dad dying and i was a bit lost and then there was this misfit guy and i was like yeah, this guy's not playing by the rules uh so i was like yeah i like this goldust guy it's strange for a when i was 10 then to have goldust be my favorite but he was and then yeah, he's always been there he's always been there I like, yeah i really like dustin dustin is the guy uh, and then it's the getting coming out of his dad's shadow it's i've to me, when I first started watching wrestling, Dusty was a big fat guy in polka dots, and Dustin was this upper mid carder called Babyface. I couldn't understand why people were saying, "No, oh, how can he? Li- he can't live up to Dusty." What are we talking about this fat polka dot guy? Hey, he was an absolute legend, but Dustin was definitely yeah, a better worker, though. Like he was definitely a lot better in ring than his dad, I think. Anyway, it, it depends what you're looking for. But I, I mean, pure wrestling, Dustin, but Dusty knew how to maximize a shake man uh it's funny like you said like gold dust it's like wow i almost because i guess i was mid-teens i guess at that point but i was almost like man gold has kind of creeped me out a little bit and i think that's why i liked him i was uh, like i said my uh, my dad died in november 95 and i was kind of i don't want to say lost but i was looking for something to shake up my life really and hmm. You watch WF then, and you got your more cartoony character. He was kind of dark and dark without being dark, but dark and golden. He was all in the head and really mysterious. And I, I just my, gravitated towards him. And I didn't, first, I didn't realize it was Dustin. It took me a little while to clock that. Oh my God, that's, that's Dustin. He's such a different character. And he's, he's amazing as both. You weren't a Shawn Michaels guy, were you? Oh, my brother was Shawn Michaels. I was definitely, if you go Brett versus Shawn, I'm Brett. No doubt about that. Yeah, to me, no, I always feel like um, I always feel like people are like or think like Michaels is like this great draw. Ninety six, he was the kind of hurting the company. They they kept the title on him despite everyone not wanting to Jimmy. Like I know NWO was going on, so that that was kind of hurting uh, WWF as well. But I mean, the fans were not interested. I was at uh, Survivor Series 96. Well, Sid, it wasn't 50, 50. It was Sid, hundred percent Michael yeah, zero. And, yeah. I mean, Sid's not the best. So if you, if you're getting food over Sid, there's a, probably a big problem there. 
<laughs> but he was over. Sid was over like Rover. Sid was over. He went through a period to being super over. I just think like, okay, Vader should have won there. And you were thinking, he were thinking he could have won there. I think he yeah. should have won. It's crazy. I, I had WCW Vader in my head. I, I didn't realize he was going to be so uh, watered down. I thought this guy's going to kill this pretty boy. Man, it just, uh, I mean, I like the match. It's pretty good, but it, the finishes are weird. Like Vader wins twice, but doesn't win the title. Yeah. And then Michaels ends up pinning him. It's like, Man, like I don't know, I just it's a little convoluted. I didn't like it, and obviously yeah, Michael's was, throwing the hissy fit too wasn't good. Yeah, when he the elbow dropped, he Vader didn't uh, move. Sean was bad at that. Same with SummerSlam '95. That's he to me. That's an embarrassing hissy fit in that ladder match. He has a couple botched spots. He can't get the belt, and he's shouting and pouting. It's awful. Even after he won the match, he's pouting. Like, you just won the belt. We talking about. Yeah, I just, I know it's funny people think of him a certain way. And some people say he's like the best ever and stuff. Like, I just, I don't know, because of being a young fan and growing up and seeing all this stuff, it's like, okay, I know he changed, but all that stuff's always stuck in my mind that he wasn't, he wasn't a draw during the period where they needed him the most. He was one of the worst drawing champions ever for that. Literally almost put him out of business. I mean, there's certain things. It's like, I just can't get over the, that hump with Michaels, but he, he's an all time great. And he's great in the ring, but some stuff I just, and the pouty hissy fit stuff, not a fan yeah. of. Uh, if he hadn't had that comeback in uh, 2002, uh, yeah, I, 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 my opinion of him would be different. I wasn't a fan, and he, he redeemed himself to me with that comeback. Yeah, it's funny. If he re- would have retired in 02, I think he would have been like largely forgotten, I think. Possibly, yeah. I mean, he was coming back to less and less good reactions when he was commissioner. People just see he was messed up. So what's next for you, kind of, as, as we're going through the book here? Like, what what's coming up next, to, like, in, in, in the fandom? I mean, we're, we're moving past SummerSlam 96. What are you ca- tackling? We are coming to the Monday Night Wars. And I firmly was Team WCW. Without a doubt, I loved it. NWO stuff, just unbelievable. When you look at what was happening before that and then that, both sides. You've got the Dungeon of Doom, which is awful stuff, and you've got the cartoony car, car races and plumbers and all kinds of rubbish on the other side. And then the NWO blows the doors open and it's changes wrestling forever, really. With that, like, when do you watch it though? Like, because I know you guys are what five or six hours ahead of me here on the East Coast. So, when do you watch it? Do you watch it on Tuesdays? Fridays. Whoa, so you had to, wait, had to wait till Friday, which meant don't go on the internet until Friday. Wow. I mean, it was oh, easier man. done then. It was easier yeah. not to go on the internet until Friday then, but yeah, did not want a second of it spot. Wow, I wonder if any kids at school were like uh, going to give up some info, you know? No, no, none of us. And was, then it was popular, but WF was a bit more popular here. I was pretty much the only one on team wcw in this country did you think to yourself like okay uh, no spoilers like is that uh, the mindset absolutely no spoilers and i would re-watch it saturday morning ah okay nice yeah i, mean, I can't imagine watching a raw now and then watching it re-watching it again the next day i can barely watch a raw now with like current wrestling the way it is 
do you think it can get back into like into the swing of things and be as good as the golden days i it's a tough question i don't think the fans are receptive to the golden days i think they want this gymnastic wrestling um it's all it's more about the the between the ropes than the characters really i don't think it will will never go back if it did if it if that's what people wanted nwa would be the biggest company right now and it's not so it will never be like it was in the territory days but there's still people do out there i mean ftr they are flag wavers for the old style of wrestling they are absolutely phenomenal really um monday night was if you want that judy era i personally wouldn't want the judy era back there's a lot of hot shot in a lot of titillation i think we've hopefully grown up more so than that to have that return uh, it can evolve AEW is doing good stuff um sometimes and then other times you got wrestling dinosaurs so it's it, i don't think it'll ever be as serious as it was i think serious days are long gone because everyone thinks they're in on the joke and they can't be tricked so they refuse to be tricked just seems like i don't know it's i know it's there's wb is obviously still making billions a lot of it off the library a lot of it from going to saudi arabia and having these big monster shows all over the place but it just seems like obviously ratings are, are a lot smaller than they used to be a lot less people are watching it just seems like the people that are watching are really niche but they're spending a lot of money on it yeah, and that's it. They want the money, and you can explain the ratings away by there's so much more options now, and that's it. They'll fall back on that. There's so much more options now. We're making money. It's fine. It won't change. Right. right. It won't change. I mean, there's always sometimes little glimmers that will change. CM Punk was a glimmer when he did these pipe bomb. Maybe we're changing now. No, no, it, it won't change. Uh, Daniel Bryan getting pushed. Well, maybe he's going to be more in ring based. No, no, it won't change. They they've got no reason to change. Doesn't seem like it. That no. that definitely doesn't at all. They give you a glimmer of hope every once in a while, and then they take it yeah. back. And then you're like, actually, no. And even a weird one, Nexus was a bit of a glimmer of hope. That wild brawl they when they took out the WWE, and you're like, oh, oh this was unpredictable. Are oh, we going to get unpredictable wrestling again? No, it's really predictable. AEW is more unpredictable, which is probably why i prefer their show it's more it feels more spontaneous um but yeah they they make glaring errors as well so you just have to enjoy what's on offer because i don't think we're gonna i can't complain i can't complain no i still love wrestling with like current wrestling the way it is do you really just watch wb once in a while and you try to watch AEW every week or just kind of sparingly uh so since having twins i've cut down <laughs> fortunately it's a lot harder uh so my schedule pretty much is nxt, NXT 2.0 um my opinion on that is it's not a great show but i really love discovering new talent and that's the show's full of it i love watching it, like, oh my god bron break is really good uh solo sequoia is really good uh carmelo hayes is good see like that's why i watched that WWE, there is, I do watch on Sundays as an hour highlight show. I catch it when I catch it, but I keep track of what's happening. Uh, Dynamite, I watch weekly. Uh, I try to watch Impact weekly. 
uh, watch all the pay-per-views, all the big shows. New Japan, I watch all the big shows, um, watch all the G1. Yeah, it's a, a bit harder now with, with uh, two one-year-olds, but I try and keep up with everything. So as far as like the book, the experience writing it, obviously there's a lot more stuff that you cover, but what was the overall experience writing the book? Like, was it mostly positive? You love kind of going down memory lane? I love going down memory lane. Um, of course, um, the stories of meeting wrestlers, meeting so many of my childhood heroes. I, I, really that made me realize how lucky I was. I mean, how many people said they met Rick Rude and Brian Pillman and, spoken to these people no longer with us I, in my book I talk about Wrestlemania 30 and just the people that weekend who made my trip who no longer with us you got Scott Hall's just been added to the list but I met Bobby Eaton, I met Kamala I met Tommy Rogers I met uh, Ultimate Warrior went in the Hall of Fame and that was only what eight years ago uh, so it's up and down really the good times remembering some amazing times but then you got things like i'm going to detail about the benoit murders and how that really made me question myself as a wrestling fan that are we any better than the roman gladiator times where we're cheering on these people killing themselves really his brain was damaged because of us so there's downers in there that's a downer um the death of companies that i follow is downer death of wcw is downer but then you've got huge ups Going to flying to Japan and seeing wrestling in Japan is a massive up. All the WrestleMania is a massive up. It's exhilarating times and it's down times. And it's what it is. It's like a wrestling match. It's up times, down times. And it's a 30 year journey. You can't all be positive. And I don't hide away from the negatives. My dad dying, it's, he was the one who really, really pushed wrestling with me. He, really supported my love of it he took me to the hotels after shows and then yeah him dying was a big part of uh my my wrestling fandom uh and i carried on without him and it's yeah it's it's a 30-year journey so you know you, you kind of 30 years of happiness so with the book is it self-published it is yeah through amazon uh, it's available through amazon worldwide when you did that, is it easier like nowadays? I feel like a lot of people go towards the the self publishing end of things. It's just uh, easier nowadays. It is a lot easier, um, but then this end of it is a lot harder. Uh, well, I'm I'm trying to push it. I'm having to push it myself. I don't have advertising money or anything like that. So it's just me basically. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you... Yep. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, when you do that, like, have you set up shop at your play? Like, how do you how do you do all that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, to get ready to, to sell those books, or does Amazon do everything on their end? Amazon does everything. Uh, you upload the front cover, the content of the book, and they take a huge chunk from each book. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I don't have to do anything. When people order it, I don't even know they've ordered it until I check, check on there. Oh wow, that's kind of. I mean, sometimes it's cool, but it's easy for you. I mean, you don't. You yeah, don't it's have a to, like, go to the hassle. It's double edged sword because if yeah, I don't get, I get a small amount from the book sales, but it's it's they just they do it all for me. Yeah, it makes it uh, makes life easier for, uh, for you for sure. 
So have you written any other books? I haven't. I have toyed with writing a film book. Um, definitely on hold at the moment while we've still got young children. It's a uh, twin, so it's a, it's a juggling act at the moment. So, Oh, yeah. Think... How old are they? They just turned one. Oh, boy. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> tough age. Yeah, tough age, especially two. Tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And they're going to be restless when they're older. <laughs> are you going to be taking them to shows? I I absolutely love to. I hope I hope they're interested. But if they're not, they're not. You know, it's the way it is. But you hope a boy called Rhodes would be interested in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they almost have to be. Yeah, if you're uh, you're Rhodes, you almost have to be in wrestling. I'm, I'm going to educate him. So with you, obviously, you know, you, you've got a, a big fandom, like in your history. Would you ever think about writing another wrestling book? If I could find something that hasn't been covered, I mean, there's a lot of books now. It's hard to think of stuff that's not been covered. Absolutely. I would like to. Yeah, absolutely. If I think of an idea, absolutely, I'll write another book. So as we hit the wind down here, we'll head towards the finish. Just a couple of quick hitters for you. So what's the, your favorite promotion of all time? Would you say definitely WCW? And what era would you say? Would it be early 90s or did you more like the, the Monday Night War era? <sighs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to say, can I give you three answers? Yeah, <laughs> WCW is my favorite, but the period wise, 86, 85, 86 is fantastic. And then when I got into it, 91, 92, and then yeah, the Monday Night Wars, 97, 96, 97, 98. But yeah, my number one promotion is WCW for sure. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? I know you're kind of saying Tatanka, but has that changed at all over the many years? Austin Rhodes, easily. Oh, so okay. you did, oh, you did said Dustin was since I've grown up. Uh, yeah, it's Dustin and then closely followed by Arn Anderson, Kurt Henning. So no, no, up. like current guys fall, fall on the list. Uh, if you go current, I love Edge. If you, you count him as current, I don't know. If you go current, current, I currently love watching Roman. I love watching Eddie Kingston. They're probably my top two. I really love watching uh, Sasha Banks, Eska. These are my favorites. Favorite match of all time? Uh, I have to go with the Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes at uh, AEW. Yeah, nothing, that is, right? yeah, great match. Yeah, the reason for that is I felt like people finally saw Dustin the way I saw Dustin. This is great worker. He wasn't Joe Goldust. That wasn't him. He was a great worker, and I, I kind of felt like I saw the world come to my way of vision, and there's, it felt amazing. So that has to be my favorite match. It might not be the best match in between the ropes, but for personal reasons, it's Dustin Cody. Hey, to get five stars, so so some people yep. like it. One PWA match of the year. So hey, that's a damn good match, and you're right. It did show a lot of people like, hey, Cody, everyone knows Cody. Like he. Good wrestler, good worker, obviously great on the mic, everything else. But it's like, wow, we should have appreciated Dustin more. He was yeah. great. And and he it still is great. He's still great. He still do it. He's um, uh, timeless. It's funny. Every time they put him on Dynamite or Rampage and they put him out there, I'm always intrigued because he had a good match with Lance, Hoy uh, Lance Archer. Then he's got a good match with Brian Danielson. Then he has a good match with Punk. You know what I mean? Like uh, whatever he's doing, I'm always interested in it. Good. Good, keep it that way. Keep him going because I I would like to see him live again. So hopefully 
it keep interested. He'll keep going, and hopefully one day I'll get to see him in the ring again. Yeah, good point. But I think he's 52, 53, but, man, yeah. he's in great shape. He's in better shape now than he was in the mid-2000s. Yeah, he got quite badly out of shape. Um, unless we talk about Black Rain or the artist formerly known as Goldust the Better. They were <laughs> dark, dark, dark times for him. So what's favorite, like, moment, storyline, angle? Like, what's your favorite? Oh, I have to be NWO. It have to be. That formation of the NWO, Hulk and Turning Hill. If you didn't watch then, you can't appreciate it, how massive Hogan turning here was. Nothing like that happened since. Nothing happened before that huge. It's, you can't, unless you were there and you knew how much of a babyface he was, he was babyface. And then turn heel and be so good at it, it has to be the NWO thing. Uh, Live wise, I think the end of the streak was the most amazing thing I've ever witnessed live is how so many thousand people could be silent because of what they just watched in wrestling. Shocked silent. It was not the right decision, but so memorable. Man, it just felt like at the time, like it almost like took the air out of the building. It did. You know what I mean? It felt silent and I'm I'm looking around like what did I miss? What's he, what's he out here? Uh, did Heyman get involved and I didn't see it? What, what, what happened here? And then I'm trying to make sense of it in my head. And then I hear someone behind me say, holy fuck, Brock just ended the streak. And when he said that, it seemed like more and more people copped on that. Holy shit, yeah, th- this has happened. And we, then it got vocal, but it was it felt like it was silent for so long. Pretty crazy because it almost was like silent for the rest of the time until Danielson, uh, Daniel Bryan yeah. won. Yeah, the, but it almost well, felt we, like, wow. We were in shock. Complete. Right? It almost felt oh, like yeah. that took the air out of the building almost for later on in the evening. Like yeah. crazy. Yeah. The women, unfortunately, got the end of that one. Did you not like that booking? Did you not want uh, Brock to break his streak? Well, no. I mean, I'm happy if I take a streak to come to an end. Brock probably wasn't the, the right guy, uh, but then you could say Brock needed something because he had been losing. Uh, he needed to get reheated. Whether or not that was the right thing to do for Brock or for Undertaker, probably not. But, I mean, I can always say I was there, and that's it. That's all I care about, really. I was there when it happened. Yep. And that's a massive moment comparable to Bruno losing the belt. Definitely. That's uh, pretty much spot on because like everyone knows from back then, it's like the air got pulled out of the arena and I interviewed Bruno and he has a great quote saying like, he didn't know what happened because it was like deathly silent. He thought something happened in the building. No, I heard the story and I thought, Bruno, you're exaggerating. And then I I witnessed it myself. Yeah. That many people can go silent pretty crazy like uh, it's a, to shock people in in wrestling because you know like yeah. oh we've seen it all but you can still do it once in a while yeah yeah and that was that did it for sure hey you could still uh surprise the fans once in a while which is good once in a while. and you can surprise that fans that massively once every 40 years yes so for you though what's next what do you got coming down the pike um so we've got Live show coming up, 22nd of May, going to Rev Pro main event, Will Ospreay, Minoru Suzuki. Looking forward to that one. 
fingers firmly crossed that I can get tickets for Clash at the Castle. Uh, definitely up for the 30-year anniversary of SummerSlam. Uh, yeah, just see who gets announced, to uh, see who Progress bring over, uh, see who Progress and Eve bring over, just keep watching the wrestling on TV. Live shows get harder to go to because I've got, <laughs> got arranged babysitting, but yeah, that's, that's where it is. Going to keep, keep watching New Japan, hopefully get back over to America for some shows eventually, hopefully take my kids to WrestleMania 50. Oh, nice. Good good plan. Good idea. Give us one last push for the book, How to Be a Mark Without Leaving a Mark. One fan's journey through the world of professional wrestling. Give us one last big push for the book. I, I think you should read my book if you're a wrestling fan or if you're not a wrestling fan. If you want to understand why us wrestling fans are the way we are, read the book. If wrestling fans, you want to read a story that you can relate to, that you might, you might not watch the same periods as me. You may have watched the same periods as me. You might see yourself directly in the story that you felt that way to a certain angle or you want to know what a wrestler was really like when you met them read the book uh if you watch it now you didn't watch back then you might relate in the same way in that you can see the way i think um the why we love wrestling what it does to us why a kid at six will get into this and still be into this at 36 it's it's a journey it's ups and downs it covers wrestling history from 1991 coming right out of the pandemic it covers all that and it's my perspective of it but hopefully it's a perspective you can relate to and i wish you read the book and enjoy the book and think about your own journey through wrestling because it's it is a journey it's so few things can take us on a journey like this have and i'm just a normal bloke from london and i've written a book because pro wrestling has taken me on a journey i don't know what else would have taken me on a journey like that and hopefully you want to read the book you want to see what it's like to be a wrestling fan where can everybody get the book it's available Amazon worldwide. Uh, just got a search for how to be a mark without leaving a mark. Uh, yeah, and it's on there. I'm not sure the price in dollars. Um, it's worth it though, for sure. <laughs> what about you? Do plugs for you and for the book, the social media, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Yep, uh, it's on Twitter and Instagram, and I've totally forgotten what they are. They're how to be a mark book. If you look for how to be a mark book on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Instagram, I'm trying to upload photos because basically Amazon charge you per page. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't putting many photos in the book. Uh, but if you read along with the book, you can go on my Instagram and there's accompanying photos. Uh, to be when I met wrestlers and sto stories from the book, there'll be some photos on there to go with that. All right, Stephen, great stuff. Thank you so much uh, for all time. Really appreciate it. And definitely go back and enjoy some SummerSlam 92 while you are reading How to Be a Mark Without Leaving a Mark, One Fan's Journey Through the World of Professional Wrestling. Stephen, thank you so much for all the time. All right, thank you for having me. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. 
You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother. <laughs>